Wolf, get away from those sheep. Bollocks. You're listening to the Wolf and the Shepherd podcast. Broadcasting from Fort Worth in the great state of Texas. Now, get ready for this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Welcome to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Today we have with us Rabir Abihana, who is a podcaster that honestly is doing better than us because he's got two podcasts. We can barely we can barely take care of one podcast. And this guy's got two podcasts, but uh, glad he could join us today. He's got uh, the 100,000 podcast, uh, which you did a guest on that one. Yeah, which you did a guest appearance on. And Mm -hmm. he's got the Support the Fort podcast. So, hey, super glad you could join us. Yeah, yeah, glad to be here. Thanks uh, Thanks for bringing me on. Thanks. I'm. Feeling pretty great being in the studio today. Yeah. This has been a place I've seen here and there, seen on YouTube, definitely heard you guys talk about on the podcast, and now I feel like, man, I've really arrived. I'm sitting here right behind the mic. Hey, you know what? You're part of the family now. Yeah. You know, so that's great. So uh, I think we're going to talk more along the lines of the Support the Fort podcast today. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Fort Worth Kind of the history behind that and what's going on with Fort yeah. Worth. And before we start, Monster, I still had to pay for that, okay? And I've been drinking this on the show now for about four months, placing the can there every time, and I'm still having to put my hand in my wallet and buy my own Monster. So any representatives of Monster, you know what to do. You know where to send the check. Not only that, but we can put Monster drinks in our kegerator we can because we can there's enough space when we have the keg in there that we can put cans and yeah i drink monsters every day every day don't you no well in bulk no i buy in bulk because i'm very addicted to it so Yeah. yeah i go to sam's and i go ahead and buy a case of monster drink two a day so that lasts me 12 days i mean hey monster listen up you know please they're very expensive, but they're very they excellent very drinks. But yes. look, still there. Yes, absolutely. So anyway, when I first heard the name Support the Fort, I thought you were doing a podcast purely about the Alamo. <laughs> well, that would fit with yeah. Texas. Yeah. Although the support for that fort kind of fell apart right there right. during well, the Texas Revolution. Fort, I'll be honest with you. When you mentioned it, despite the fact I've known Rebea for what, it was about 18... 19 years yeah, or whatever now. it's been something like that, yeah. I thought, I don't want to offend him, but he's asked me to go and support the fort. Now, if this is episode one, I'm going to be pretty pumped, you know, because we're going to cover stuff which, obviously, I haven't spoken about before. But is this episode nine of Support the Fort, and I'm still thinking it's about the Alamo at this point. <laughs> There's no new ground to cover. I'm just going to be dead weight in this podcast. Well, I'm still confused. Is is this our podcast or is this his podcast? I don't know. We didn't sort that out. No, we didn't. No. It, you, you... Specifically. <laughs> oh, think... oh it's, <laughs> it's on him now. So think... now we're going to blame the guest for our piss poor planning is what you're saying. That's what I, I do. That's well, what I do. Yeah. So so this is all your fault. Uh, that, that's why this is not working out because yeah. we have no idea whose podcast this really is. And that display of joy at that revelation is actually all CGI. He was actually crying <laughs> yes. in real life. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Because we have those kind of video editing skills. Yeah, we do. Yeah. 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 Just look at our YouTube channel and it's like, 
oh, you know, I have this freeware program to try to put the videos together and it, yeah. Maybe Bravo would go ahead and host one of our shows because they have terrible editing. But we did actually get more views on YouTube than Meghan Markle's last piece of voiceover crap. So there's that. Well, are we surprised? No. But let's talk about Fort Worth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the, the Alamo. Yeah, oh, not only that, but you know, you were worried about the fact of going down some rabbit holes. Uh, buckle up, buddy, because yeah. uh, I'm sure there's going to be some yeah. rabbit holes happening. No, that's yeah. great. No, I'm I'm, st- I'm strapped in. Um, I'm strapped in. I'm ready. Yeah, I've listened to you guys enough, so I I already knew what I was getting myself into this you, morning. You knew the giant mess this was going to be. Yeah. So I mean, that's good. I, I wouldn't put it that way, but that's yeah. okay. That's all right. Um, so, well, I wanted, because of my relationship with Tristan, I wanted to have Tristan on. Tristan's been on the 100,000 podcast, and we talked about, about 100,000 different things mm-hmm. when we were on there. Um, but he definitely said, hey, if you want to talk with somebody about Fort Worth, Max is the guy. Mm-hmm. So, Max, tell me why. I mean, obviously, you know, we got a Texan and a Brit here. But uh, so how quickly did you get to Fort Worth? I heard a story about this before we came on mic. And uh, yeah, yeah, so my father worked for the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, and he was living in Chicago, Illinois, and he got transferred to Texas uh, in the uh, what's called the Southwest region, which was based in Fort Worth. Well, I was on the way. And I was actually born in Chicago, Illinois. Two months later, I moved to Texas as a baby. And uh, the quick little story, my mom filled out some kind of deal like you see in the malls or whatever. It's like, fill this out and you might win this or whatever. She actually filled it out and I won a plane ticket when I was two months old to fly on whatever airline it was. So my flight was actually free. They exchanged it for my mom. And then, of course, I sat on her lap because we're talking about, you know, back in the 70s where you could just take a gun on an airplane (laughs) back then. And so I arrived in Texas in the very late 70s and uh, lived my whole life here. So I'm as close to a native Texan as you can be without being born here. Yeah, that phrase. Uh, that fr- what's that phrase? Uh, I wasn't I wasn't born in Texas, but I got here as fast as I can. Yeah. I think you win. Yeah, I uh, if I would have been <laughs> able to drive back then, which based off a lot of drivers around here now, I'm sure as a two month old, I was probably a better driver than some of the drivers yeah. that are around here now. I could have driven myself down here. You do know that. In the movie version of the biography of the wolf and the shepherd, that entire story I've slightly rewritten, and it involves your dad running drugs for a couple of um, airlines. Yes. And um, he got some woman knocked up in Chicago, and she follows him back to Texas, gives birth, and voila, here okay. is Max. So here's the problem with that theory that you think this is made up. That's actually mm. kind of true. So my dad, believe it or not, was driving through, I don't remember what state, uh, and he pulls over one day in his Cadillac. He drove Cadillacs in the 70s. And he pulls over one day, and there's this fire in this field, right? And so my dad pulls over, and there's all these cops and everything in this field. And my dad said, you know, what's going on? He said, well, this is a marijuana field. 
And my dad said, a marijuana field? And he said, yeah, we're burning this off. So my dad thinks it's funny. He goes over and grabs a couple of marijuana plants, throws them in the trunk of his car, <laughs> and drives around with marijuana plants in the trunk of his car for like three or four months, forgets about them, and takes somebody to the airport. They open the trunk to throw their suitcase in, and there's all this dried marijuana in the back of my dad's car. And they say... What do you have all this pot back here? He said, Oh, I forgot about that. And he's like, You know, if you get pulled over, this is like dried out. It looks like you're about to sell this. Yeah. He's like, Oh, well, you know, I pulled over or whatever. So then he ended up throwing it out. So as much as you thought yeah. that was like pretend, yeah, there's a well, little bit of truth I can, to that. I can add that to the edit. Plus, I'm also going to add in that he was so badass that when that fire was going on, he just parked you and him downwind from the fire and just opened all the car windows and you woke up about three days later. That's probably yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So uh, <laughs> so kind of like Ozark, like the the TV show. Have you either yeah, have you seen, seen it. Yeah. Ozark? Sounds like oh, yeah. I mean, even mm. from Chicago and there fleeing for a couple of reasons. So you're like the real life guy. Uh, in the flesh. Well, no, my dad was more the real sure. life guy. Yeah. Know, I was just a baby at the time. So, okay, tell yeah. me about the 70s. So, in the 70s, you could just do whatever you wanted, it sounds like. As far as I know, I mean, I, I was born in the late 70s, okay. so it's not like I grew <laughs> up in the 70s. But uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure, yeah, 1970 to 1979, Using there were the no rules. memory from when you were sperm, <laughs> yes. how can you remember the airline industry and their lax approach to carry-on items during that period? Yes, uh, it, it was pretty much laissez-faire yeah. back then, mm. uh, from my recollection. Yeah. And I'll testify to Congress yeah. on that. So. Yeah. Well, we testifying from the testes. Yes, <laughs> we flew in. It was, I think, it was June of two thousand and one, and we came back July of two thousand and one. I mean, right before nine eleven. And so I can remember what TSA was before then, and it was basically like you know, if you don't get on with a chainsaw, you're okay. And I remember we even had like we we brought on to the plane. We brought this sword that was probably well we're in video so about about this long so it wasn't you know a full length sword <coughs> wasn't a full length sword um and then also like a antique gun that had you know definitely couldn't be fired i mean they looked at them but then they allowed us to go on and i mean i was you know a teenager and just thinking oh this is this is normal and i can't even imagine now if you tried to get <laughs> if i an arab tried to get on a a plane with a sword about that long <laughs> i think uh, you guys would never see me or hear from me again yeah that yeah. no that's probably true i know i i remember my dad telling stories about how easy it was to get on a plane in the 70s i mean you just walked up and bought a ticket they didn't check your id and then you walked on the plane and you know it, you went and on top of that, my dad, being in the FAA, he had a pass to where he could go on any airplane, anywhere, sit in the cockpit, and go wherever he wanted to go. And they wow. called them FAM trips, familiarization trips, because he was an air traffic controller. So if he wanted to go to Paris, he'd just go to the airport and just hop on planes until he got to Paris. And with that ID, he could do whatever he wanted, basically. And I remember... When I started traveling for work from my day job, uh, my dad told me, he said, you know, when you get upgraded to first class, make sure to ask for the hot fudge sundae. And I said, the hot fudge sundae, really? He's like, 
The best hot fudge sundae you'll ever have is in first class on an American Airlines plane. And so I got upgraded to first class one time. And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking back to what my dad's saying. And the stewardess comes around, or I'm sorry, flight attendant comes around and says, you know, can I get you anything else? And I said, I want a hot fudge sundae. And she looks at me and she said, oh, I can't make you a hot fudge sundae. <laughs> and I thought, dang it, dad. I wanted that hot fudge sundae. I really wanted that excellent hot fudge sundae. Better than Brahms, better than Dairy Queen, and now I didn't get it. My dad said, well, son, that was back in 1964 when I had that hot fudge sundae on Braniff Airlines. So I was hoping it was going to be a euphemism for the stewardess would come and rub her boobies in your face, but, you know. Well, I'm not, and maybe that's what it was, yeah. and I'm just too stupid to realize okay. that's actually what not it was. allowed to do that nowadays. Yes. Yeah. Something else we chalk down to the loss column. Right, and, of course, all this has to do with the history of Fort, Fort Worth, Texas. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a little, little yeah. frowned upon there. Uh, man. So, uh, so tell me what's kept you in Fort Worth? Because, I mean, you know, people move around, parents move around and things like that. But you grew up here in the city and you continue to work here in the city. What's kept you in Fort Worth? What's been interesting about it that's kept you here? To me, I, with my travels around in my job, I, I've been to a lot of different places. And I always look forward to coming back home. Because mm. to me, Texas is so much better than everywhere else. Uh, feels like home. I, I like the little nuances about Texas. You know, I, I don't wear a cowboy hat, but I wear cowboy boots. I, I like the Fort Worth lifestyle. I like how everything's a little bit laid back here, but still forward and enough to where you feel like you're, you're moving forward you're not backwoods, you're not living way out in the country, but you still have a little bit of that country feel. You still have that old Texan feel. It's not like Dallas. Uh, there was always that, you know, Dallas and Fort Worth kind of rivalry, and it still exists today. Fort Worth has a little bit different feel there. It's as close to old Texas as you can get being in a big city. Because Fort Worth is a big city. I mean, it's very, very big as far as land, as far as population, all that good stuff. But you can still have that kind of old Texas country feel here. It's a perfect blend, I think, because it does... It, the, what I like to tell people is it's a, it's a big city. It's the 12th biggest city in the country population-wise, which people are like, wait, are you sure? Like, is that including Dallas or is that including Arlington? I'm like, no. Just Fort Worth by itself, 12th biggest city in the country, but it still has that small town spirit to it, and it operates that way. I mean, it operates that way from City Hall to the way that they do it. There is this Fort Worth way is a phrase that's continually used because I think that there is, I think there's this holding to these values that have made Fort Worth what it is that has kept Fort Worth uh, as... It's kept Fort Worth the way that it has been. And yes, there's been progress, right? There's been, you know, infrastructure has grown. It is the 12th biggest city. I mean, you can't grow to be the 12th biggest city in the country without being forward looking um, and without getting some of the benefits of a big city where you have, you know, things everywhere. And, you know, you can find just about anything that you want within a 10 to 20 minute drive um, of where we are. And so I think it has all of those benefits, but it still has that small town spirit that you feel like, 
it feels like a slower pace, right? Versus our neighbors 30 miles to the east. It feels like Dallas is, you know, big oil money and high glitz and glam and just fast pace. And like, there's no hell worse than trying to get from 635 onto 75, really at any time of the day. But definitely if you're trying to go there at five o'clock, I mean, they could just probably take, you know, Al-Qaeda members, anybody that you want to try to punish and get something out of, just have them sit in traffic, in Dallas traffic for, you know, an hour. And I'm pretty sure you'll get whatever you want out of them. Well, now, the, be careful, because remember, you were supposed to be here at the studio at a certain time, and you sent <laughs> the wolf a text saying, I'm stuck in traffic on I-35, I'm going to be 10 minutes late. It's so, true. So not to defend Dallas by any yeah. means, but we have our traffic issues over here in Fort Worth. But also going along the lines of what you were talking about, I don't think there's a city, a, a major metropolitan city that you can go to anywhere where you can take someone out to uh, fancy shopping, fancy dining, all of that, get all that done, and then later on take them to the stockyards and watch cows walk down the street yeah. all in a day yeah. and, and within walking distance. Uh, you know, there's there's no other city in the United States that you can have that kind of feeling. And all of the stuff that Fort Worth's known for, it you can't find it anywhere. It's kind of that secret great town. Every, everybody, like, from California, like Uncle Joe Rogan, right? He runs yep. to Austin, you know, and, and he wants to be in Austin because of all the culture and all the this and that that's sitting there in Austin. And I totally get that, right? But what he's missing out in the Texas... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just that... Uh, experience, I guess, the Texas experience is a town or a city really like Fort Worth because Austin lost that years ago. And Fort Worth is still holding on strong. Yeah, I think what a lot of people who grow up in Fort Worth miss in terms of relativity with other big cities in the United States. Um, for instance, New York. I lived up in Connecticut just over 20 years ago and used to travel into New York pretty frequently. And, you know, New York celebrates its diversity and its individuality, yet, ironically, it's the most drone mindset. Mm. You know, you can imagine it's. it just seems like a lot of people... It's like a Sims game, you know, people running along following this preset of instructions, but there's no character because everything is so focused on this individuality, this melting pot, there's no collective feel. Whereas in Fort Worth, it's like, instead of people celebrating their individualities, we celebrate what makes us common and what we all love and what brings us together. And so I feel that Fort Worth has an identity and that's the identity of its people. Whereas New York, it's almost like a vacuum of identity and it's just hard to pin anything on anywhere because the only thing all these people have in common is they all frequent the same geographical piece of area, you know, every day. But outside of that, they don't really have neighbours as such. You know, I'm, I'm obviously very general generalising there. Sure. But compared to somewhere like Fort Worth, where it feels like a community, it never felt like that living up there. Well, not only that, but I think a lot of people that transplant themselves into Fort Worth versus somewhere like Austin, they they come to Fort Worth because that's what they want. 
you know, there's a lot of people that go into places like Dallas or Austin or Houston or something like that, and they want to bring everything along with them. They want to bring their baggage, and they just want somewhere different to live, and they want to be able to live that way that they were from wherever they came from. Whereas Fort Worth, if you come over here, you're saying, well, I kind of like this a little bit different than going to Dallas or going to Austin or going to Houston. It feels different. Uh, it, it feels a little more country, and they, mm. that doesn't mean it's backwoods. That doesn't mean it's dumb. It just feels a little more homey, a little more friendly, a little more something that you want to raise your kids in and, and enjoy life and not be in the hustle and bustle of everything else. Yeah, we must be one of the few... Um, metropolitan areas in the country outside of probably New York where we actually have five professional sports teams, one representative for each professional sport right. and, yeah. you know, within, you know, comfortable yeah. driving distance. I mean, you, you can live the city life and you can live the country life. Correct. Right here. And that's very rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I mean, what? Um, Jerry World is... It, if it's not game day, Jerry World's 20 minutes from here. Yep. You know, it, yeah. if it's game day, it's two hours from here because traffic sucks. But it's not that far away. And you've got the Dallas Stars and you've got the Dallas Mavericks and, you know, you've got uh, FC the Dallas. FC. Well, yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> uh, but you have all these professional sports teams and you have culture. You have the, uh, what's the, uh, not opera, but. You know the Dallas summer musicals and Wicked is in town Bass right Hall. now. Yeah, yeah. Bass Hall. Is here oh, oh, Bass Hall, yeah. one of the most beautiful venues I've ever been to, and I've been to a lot of those. I mean, Bass Hall is beautiful, but you've got Wicked in town that is the traveling Broadway yeah. show. My wife is wearing me out wanting <laughs> tickets to go see Wicked. You have all that culture stuff. Mm. You can see that. Yeah. What's that uh, Van Gogh thing that's going on right now where you go and you immerse yourself in Van Gogh paintings? Mm. I mean, yeah. you can do all that artsy-fartsy yeah. crap if you want to. He's a big fan, by the way. Anybody watching Yes, I, I'm a big fan of artsy-fartsy <laughs> crap. But at the same time, you can go to a bar down in the stockyards and watch good old-fashioned country music by somebody that's unknown. And the next night, uh, just like last night, Willie Nelson might show up and play guitar. I mean, it, it's almost like Green, Texas. It's kind of the same thing. Fort Worth has that ability that you can actually go and see that stuff. So You can do all of that, and it's also one of the most, I think it was rated the most safe downtown area in the country. Uh, out of I think of out of the top 100 largest cities, it's safe. And what I've noticed from my travels, and I, I haven't traveled nearly as extensively as either of you, but it's clean, and it's definitely mm. clean comparatively to other cities. I feel like when I go to major metropolitan cities, you start kind of looking around, and you're like, "Does anybody take care of yeah. this place? There just seems to be trash strewn yeah. about. There seems to be things that are just not well taken care of." And I feel like if you make you know that loop around downtown or walk down any of those streets. There's always somebody cleaning up trash. There's always, you know, a, a good police presence, and the police are not 
it doesn't feel like Gestapo are out patrolling. It just feels like a, like, I feel like if I left the Bass Hall at 11 p.m. with just my wife and I and we're walking back to our car, I don't ever have a second thought that, like, man, is somebody going to be around the corner? Am I going to have to be, you know, ready to, to protect my family? I don't even have to feel that at all yeah. in a major big city like this. Well, not only that, but going back to the trash part, right? That I guess that's part of the Texan life. You know, if you're walking down the street and, you know, you got a, a bottle of water in your hand, you finish that bottle, you're liable to throw that bottle in a trash can. And as you do it, look down and say, oh, somebody dropped this too, and reach down and go ahead and grab that and throw it in a trash can. It's part of the way Texans are raised. Yes. You know, I do that with my kids. I will be walking through a parking lot and I'll throw something away, and my kids will throw something away, and I'll say, hey, pick that up and throw that away. And it just comes automatic. I don't even think about it. And most of the times, my kids don't even think about it. We just pick up trash. You know, now that's not to say I haven't thrown trash out my window because that's also part of Texas. It's like, you know, there's a cop behind me, so I better throw this beer can out of my window when it's not looking so I don't get pulled over for open container. Not saying I've never done that, but uh, can't hold me to that. I'll, I'll claim ignorance on that. Just edit this out. But, don't worry yeah, about it, Max. Yeah. We're good. But the point being, we all have that kind of respect around here where I get what you're saying. I mean, it, other than maybe Disney World or Disneyland where they're just absolutely crazy about keeping everything clean. I mean, we do look at that as we take pride in Fort Worth and we want it to be nice. Yeah. And I think, you know, even touching on Tristan, what you were talking about earlier when you were talking about New York and the diversity mm -hmm. there versus the diversity here. If you look at the city council makeup, the nine, well, the eight members and then the mayor, I mean, we have one of the most diverse and young city councils in definitely of like the top 50 cities. And I think our mayor, our mayor is 37 years old. So, I mean, she's one of the youngest and she's a woman. So of all the, you know, there's, there's a lot of like, well, you guys, Fort Worth, there's traditional values and, you know, we need to change those values and we need to get with the times. It's like, well, it seems like it's working out for us. Our two, our two mayoral candidates were both women. So, I mean, we're, there's, you know, somebody wants to throw out the fact, oh, they're misogynistic for those traditional views. That's interesting because both of the, yeah, both of the major mayoral candidates were there. And then, well, I think and, and also don't forget those two major candidates that ran against, against each other were women to replace a woman. Correct. Betsy yeah. Price was the mayor of Fort Worth for a long time. Yeah, 12, so 12 years before. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, you have Maddie Parker. I mean, you think about the name Maddie, you're like, oh, okay, she mm -hmm. sounds like a sorority mom or something like that. But so far, I think she's doing a good job. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't have any complaints about her. Yeah, and I think, you know, one thing about Fort Worth and probably, you know, most of North Texas in general is that people have this wrong assumption about, you know, the South and especially states like Texas that you know, different races don't mix particularly very well. But, you know, Texas, and again, especially in the Fort Worth, you know, and DFW Metroplex, we have one of the lowest instances of racial, you know, crimes in the entire United States right. per head of population. And you take Fort Worth, I mean, the kind of synergy, balance, and integration between the Hispanic part of Fort Worth and the mostly white part of Fort Worth... 
you know, everybody just loves Fort Worth. It's hard to find somebody more Texans than some of these Hispanics because, I mean, they love, love, love Texas. And, you know, it's kind of hard when you see news clips and reports in different areas of the country about racial tensions. And then we kind of think and try and relate our own experience here in, like, North Texas and DFW. And it's not something which we really kind of relate to as well as other areas of the country because again everybody here it seems comes together and it's this communal love for one thing which makes us neighbors and i think that doesn't make us immune from those type of tensions but we've all got something in common which is more important than what we don't have in common but i also think we kind of laugh it off too and that's something different from texas versus anywhere else because we'll we'll laugh it off we'll make fun of each other and we know it's all in jest yeah you know and we can get away with that here Uh, you can't get away with that other Mm. places and i think there's a lot of people that you know get transplanted and there's this rush to texas uh once again joe rogan we're happy to have you but you know at least he's saying he's not bringing his California crap here to Texas. Mm-hmm. You got to be a Texan to move to Texas. Don't bring your crap along with you. You know, saddle up and be one of us. You don't have to wear a cowboy hat or cowboy boots, but you've got to realize the reason Texas is as great as it is is the way that we've created the state and the way that everybody gets along and we don't take any BS out of anything. And we just have that certain way of life and don't try to change our way of life. We are seeing a little of that being infiltrated mm. right now and it's getting shot down pretty quick. And there's a lot of people who are like, well, I don't understand why all this is happening. Why, why won't they listen to me and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Go back to where you came from because you're trying to bring that here and trying to ruin our state. Was that your Californian accent? No, that's oh. that's my <laughs> that's my whiny everybody uh, that's already ruined their state coming here. Uh, like, oh, it's also my dog's voice, by the way. Yeah, my yeah. dog Bentley. Oh, yeah, it sounded yeah. kind of cartoony. So yeah, I he exactly. Used it for a multitude of yes, that that's Bentley's voice when he's like, "Why don't you want me to stay in the house? And why do I have to go sleep outside? Why do I have to be?" in my crate and you know i'm sorry i pooped on the floor yeah Yeah. it's the same voice yeah yeah which basically my dog my little uh half maltese half bichon dog that's basically just a half a step above a cat is pretty Mm. much a citizen of california yeah yeah sorry to hear that yeah in, in another, another rabbit hole yeah. we went down. A, see see how this happens, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, this is what happens. In another uh, life, that dog would have been more likely to have been carried under the arm of an elderly homosexual man. Well, in, in, it's that kind of... In the real world, there would have never been a dog like Bentley in the state of Texas. No. You know, my parents, they've got a golden retriever, and, it, you know, his name's yeah. Sam, and you look at him and you're like... You know what? Clint Eastwood would be proud to have this dog. You know, he's a real dog. I have a fake dog. Yeah. In the old days, a hawk would have swooped down and stole that dog, and you would have all applauded the hawk. Well, (laughs) also, that could happen today, (laughs) you know. So I could always, you know, put the little cover on the doggy door and just say, you know, stay Um, out in the backyard. Good luck to you, buddy. Play with the birds. Stay your friends. Yeah. Especially the big ones. Yeah. They're just going to take you on a trip. Yeah, they're going to throw the ball for you. Yeah. Play fetch. It, yeah, it's all about tourism. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I I heard the phrase, don't California my Texas. Oh, you guys absolutely. heard that one? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I think where that comes out most uh, voraciously in me is like, we don't need any more in and outs. I'm I'm okay. I hate uh, in and out. We there oh. is enough. There's enough here. If you are from California and you want to go, okay, you you got enough of them in DFW. There's plenty more Whataburgers, and you should assimilate to right. jumping on the Whataburger yeah. train. Although, uh, while we would love a sponsorship from Whataburger in and out, if you want to pay us like yeah. a lot of money, we'll go ahead and well, edit that out. Life doesn't even have to be a lot of money. No, free burgers for life. No, for not from In and Out. Oh, we yeah, just want the true. money. It, yeah, so money so we out, want the money from in and out so we can then spend it at Whataburger. Yeah, but Whataburger, okay, I like if you're that. listening, Burgers for Life will yes. I'll do. Actually, just a couple of weeks even well, for life. That and the milkshakes. And the milkshakes. The Dr. Anything Pepper the milkshake from Whataburger. Menu. Anything yeah. off the menu. Uh, yeah, that'll work. Okay. okay. Whataburger has one of the best Twitters that's out there, too. Whataburger oh, and, Wen- and Wendy's, they, they have really other, yeah. great responses, and uh, they right. use whatever's going on culturally in order to, to get you in there. And, I, yeah, Whataburger's I, I haven't great. seen anything, honestly. I, I mean, it, you've known us long enough. We're not great on social media. Oh. Uh, that That's one of our pain points. But I know Wendy's does really good because it always hits the news whenever yep. Wendy's does something. I haven't seen that much out of Whataburger, but that's probably my own fault. Uh, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I believe you, but now I think we got to go follow Whataburger because mm. I, I don't I don't even know who we follow on Twitter. Fo- follow Whataburger Monster. Yeah, follow Whataburger. We, we don't follow Monster. We should follow Monster. Because then they might want to reciprocate, not just with equal following back on Instagram, but free product. Oh no, we're talking about Twitter. It, see, oh, that's Twitter. the problem with social media. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's too much social media now to keep track of all this. I mean, we we almost do a good job on Facebook when we remember to post something on there. Yeah, no, we, we, we don't. don't. It's, it's yeah, still uh, yeah, we're still mediocre. <laughs> still mediocre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like to say for the social media thing, Wendy's is like the cool kid that's oh, is always got the one liner for somebody. That's what Wendy's. Wendy's always mm. snaps back. Wendy's is always dunking on somebody whenever they got something smart to say to Wendy's. Whataburger is the cool kid that is just the popular kid and he's always got whatever it is whatever he does that's what's popular and whenever whataburger puts a tweet out everybody loves it it's like oh wow what a great tweet they're just good you ever seen those people that wow they're just good at social media or they're yeah. just good at whatever this there is was one I saw no we we've never seen well, that because we're not good at social media kind of experienced it from a self-generated point of view but we have seen others create good content on social media that is true now um i did actually see one tweet interchange i can't remember what company it was maybe not even anything to do with fast food but i'm going to pretend it is anyway um some guy had posted something about he had an argument with his girlfriend she wanted to get mcdonald's he wanted to get wendy's and they found hey, out about hey, it stop stop oh. what what is your watch doing it's actually recording everything we're talking about right now we can't have that i don't know 
I paid the extra money for the AI version, and so now it just goes off on one. Yeah, it was literally yeah. writing everything down you were saying. <laughs> thank that goodness, was that thank was creeping. On video, yeah, that that was saying. creeping me out because uh, as you were saying all this, it's writing it down on oh, no, your it's watch, transcribing it as well. and and of course it's Incorrectly. cheap. Yeah, but no, it was probably more accurate because he, here's a thought. You know, we post our. The reason we started the YouTube channel, right, yeah. was because I found out that YouTube will actually create subtitles. And we were too lazy to actually type out our transcripts. So I'm like, hey, let's use this free service to create a video so then we can throw it on YouTube so then we can have a transcript of our podcasts and that's the original reason why we created a YouTube channel because we didn't want to pay for transcripts. Well, but that and 50-50 with the fact that once we discovered Google AdSense and they'd pay us money for people clicking on it, that kind of helped. Well, yeah, that's it. true too. And of um, course, you know, if you ever go on our website and look at the transcripts, I think Shepherd is misspelled. Even in our like web address, it, it's actually misspelled, but we don't ever go back and right. fix that. Yeah. But now I'm wondering, maybe do we I don't just know what set it off? Well, I don't know either. But but maybe it. your watch could just well, take care of the transcripts. Well, we can like reverse on the video recording and get and um, see what word. Actually well, we set don't off. have to reverse. We're just. I know we never watch our own podcast, well, but true. maybe we we need to look and see what your watch is right. doing. I'll look at the analytics later. Yeah. But maybe anyway, maybe, story, maybe it's really sending funny a story about the Twitter exchange. Okay, fair right. enough. So anyway, this dude, let's call him Josh, does this tweet that his girlfriend broke up with him because they had an argument about where they wanted to eat. She wanted to eat at McDonald's. He wanted to eat at Wendy's. He said, I really love her. She thought we'd already agreed to eat at McDonald's. It's just a miscommunication. I really love her. What do I do to get her back? And Wendy's posted, some relationships aren't worth saving, Josh. You know, that's clever. Perfect. No, know, that's true. Go to McDonald's. No, it's absolutely true. So, yeah. See, if that wasn't worth that map buildup. If I'd have said it immediately, it might have got a slight snigger, but... <laughs> died on its ass yeah yeah no it did yeah. and that has a lot to do with the history of fort worth texas yes. <laughs> well i think yeah totally yeah. I, I love it so i think we've talked about a lot of things that we that we've liked max what's one of the things i mean you've been here long enough and we talked a little bit off mic about the, the area that you're in here in like far north Fort Worth used to just be field around you. Um, right. What's one of the things that's been maybe a pain point or what's one of the things that you would like to see change about Fort Worth or maybe that you haven't necessarily thought, well, I wish this would be, I wish this would be different, whether it was, again, something that has changed and it used to be a different way or just maybe something that uh, you think could be improved upon. I know one thing that I would like to change but it's impossible and uh, the house I grew up in my parents still lived there and I remember being a kid I could walk out in the backyard and in the backyard was nothing but fields behind me and I would bring friends over we would shoot dove during dove season we'd shoot guns in the backyard in the off season uh I always wanted to be able to take my kids in my parents' backyard 
and you know shoot guns back there not necessarily hunt dove or whatever but just shoot a gun now along my parents back fence is a road that is just busy is all get out and you just you look across the fence and you just see cars upon cars going by there and when I was a kid, I would mow the grass in the backyard, and my dad was always adamant about bagging the clippings of the grass. And so you would mow the grass on the riding lawnmower, and then the bags got full. And what we used to do was drive to the back fence, and the cows that were actually in that pasture, they knew the sound of the lawnmower, and they would come up to the fence, and we would just dump the grass clippings across the fence and pet the cows. My kids will never see that. What they see now is a road behind them. I can't let them shoot a gun in the backyard. I can't let them pet the cows. I can't let them do all that because to me that was that old school Fort Worth, Texas. You can still find that a little bit outside of you know where my parents live now in North Fort Worth. You know, and like you were talking about off mic. When I grew up there, it wasn't Fort Worth. It was unincorporated Tarrant County. That's right. So, yeah. it, I mean, it was Tarrant County. I would walk up the street around July 4th, and there were fireworks stands, and I would buy fireworks, and my friends would come over. We'd fire off fireworks. We'd shoot guns. We'd do all that stuff. Rode horses up and down the street. Uh, rode dirt bikes up and down the street. All that good stuff. All that's gone, even though my parents still kind of live in the country. It's not as country as it was when I was growing up. I remember, uh, just to kind of give you another little story uh, about the way my dad was. When Keller started to get a little bigger, you know, when Keller is right adjacent to North Fort Worth, I remember... Keller had told the unincorporated Tarrant County they were not going to service unincorporated Tarrant County with fire or ambulance or police. My dad called the city and said, what if I kidnap the mayor and drug him across the tracks and shot him? Do we have to wait for Fort Worth which at that time, that was a 45-minute ambulance drive, or will Keller actually come and rescue the mayor? And I said, Dad, I I can't believe you said that. He's like, no, this is crazy, because what if you get hurt as a kid? What if I have a heart attack? What about this? Why are we drawing these lines? Obviously, my dad wasn't going to kidnap the mayor and shoot him, but the point behind it was, you know, if, if you have emergency services seven minutes away versus 45 minutes away, why do we have to do things that way? And, and it was very soon after that that, you know, Fort Worth comes in, they annex the deal, and now there's a fire station like two minutes away and all that good stuff. But I do remember, you know, back in the day that, you know, if a house caught fire, which I remember being a kid, 
there was a house that caught fire on our street and we had a volunteer fire department. I walked down the street and I watched that house burn to the ground because it was a volunteer fire department. They had to wake people up in their house. They had to go to the fire station, hop on the fire truck, get to there. And by the time they got there, the house was burned down. So, Congratulations. I do think you actually win the tell people you're from Fort Worth without telling people you're from Fort Worth <laughs> statement, as in your wishes for your kids to be able to shoot guns in their backyard, ride horses up and down the street and pet cows. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and that your dad threatened to kidnap the and, mayor. And, and, and kid. threatened to kidnap the which, mayor. Which is a bad example, again, really, because oh, kidnapping and uh, murder are federal crimes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, legally, uh, the closest police force would have to go towards it geographically, regardless of where the lines are. Probably. Drawn, so. yeah. Should have turned around and told your dad that. Yeah. We'll never know. But now. your balls, dad, but technically... This mm. is a bad example. And so when I tell this 30 years later on on a podcast, mm. there's going to be embarrassment. A little bit. Yeah. I, I, think, the, I think the theme <laughs> that I'm sensing from this is that there are some unexpected issues that come up when there's uh, when expansion happens, right? When a city gets so big that on its fringes, maybe there are parts of it that are not being sure, taken care of that as well if you wish yeah uh, if i'm here, if i'm understanding you right now no i mean that, that no that's absolutely true it, and i know my my parents now they're across the street neighbors uh, the guy just uh, bought the house and he owns i think it's like four or five tanning salons in california So he doesn't work. He just owns tanning salons Mm. in California and is living across the street from my dad. And the guy's been over and talked to my dad. And, you know, his wife doesn't work. And I remember my dad saying, this guy across the street has this car that he runs this power cord out and plugs the car in. Like, what is that? And I'm like, well, Dad, that's a Tesla. He's like, well, what's a Tesla? And I said, well, it's an electric car. And he said, oh, okay, it's one of those electric cars. He said, well, I hear it coming down the street, and I, or I see it coming down the street, and I can't hear it. And then he plugs it in outside, but, uh, you know, I don't understand that. And he has all these big mounds of dirt in the back. What is he doing with that? And I said, well, Dad, I don't know. I'll go ask him. So I go across the street and because the guy's out and he's piddling around in his yard. And I said, hey, what's all those uh, big piles of dirt you got back there? He's like, oh, well, in California, I didn't have enough land to do what I wanted to do. But I'm going to put a tennis court in my backyard. And I said, okay, why? He said, well, I used to be a tennis player you know, a professional tennis player, and I want a tennis court in my backyard. I'm like, oh, okay. So I walk back across the street, and I tell my dad, I'm like, well, okay, so the dirt piles, I guess he's going to level some stuff off. He's going to put a tennis court in, in his backyard. And then my dad made a comment that I don't want to go ahead and uh, repeat about maybe his sexual preferences as to why he wants to put a tennis court in his backyard. Now, that story 
doesn't address every question that has ever been asked about redistricting and rezoning. I don't know what has. What's the next topic, Ruby? <laughs> yes, because yeah. this is all about the history of Fort Worth. We have murdered that topic, died yes. to death. Everything else now is just beating a dead horse. Yeah. No, I, you don't beat dead horses in Fort Worth. Not in Fort Worth. No. No. You're going to over-tenderize it. Yes. Still good to eat. Although, you know, there was a horse meat processing plant in downtown Fort Worth. Mm. And they've since shut it down, but they were processing horse meat in downtown Fort Worth for dog food and for export to Mexico. It was off of Main Street. Yes. It's where mm. that bridge is right there off the exactly. river. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's what that was, was a horse meat processing plant. Mm. There you go. Now they're now we can't have them in the city anymore. They're all on the outside of the, right. the city to try to bring it full, full yeah. circle to what we were <laughs> Should have we put them discussing. in Dallas. Yeah. No cows, no right. yeah, no horses. Now we're mm. well I guess the, the police officers, you see you see in downtown you see the police officers with uh the, what are they called? Mounties, right? Just mm-hmm. like they are in, in the UK. Canada. Oh, no, in, in Canada, no, yeah. yeah. No, Mounted not Patrol, mount. yeah. not Mountie. Yeah, yeah. Mountie is Mounties. the Canadians. Yeah, Canadians. Yeah. Ah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, it's the Mounted no, in Patrol. England, they just called police on a horse. <laughs> yeah. Did they have horses in England? Yeah. Oh. Black Beauty. Oh, the little horses, though, like the midget horses. Uh, do they have midget horses? I don't. I haven't personally seen any midget horses in England, but I definitely saw oh. horses because I rode some. Oh, you've never so ridden have, a horse. Oh, yeah, I've ridden lots of horses. Oh, you have not. I have. Oh, you're a lying. Lot, a lot. No. See, you're trying to pull that soccer well, player I've, crap, trying to say you I've were a polo player also. I bet you have ridden more horses I than you have. I bet you haven't. Oh, I have. I've ridden no, like haven't. six or seven. Yeah, but y'all wear those goofy little tall boots and the, the little that's helmets. That's jumping. That's in question. <laughs> no. Sports. Yeah, that's English. That's the way the English ride horses. No, you're right. The, exactly. I'll tell you, the moment I got home from Hogwarts, I just put on my That's bre- right. riding breeches. That's right. Got that red coat. Stop and denying it. And Stop denying got it. Got the and bassets out and started hunting some foxes. Yeah. Yes. That That's it. exactly what yeah. happened. Yeah. Fort Worth has some nice horses. They do. It does. It's true. There's a there's a there's that mural right there mm. by the Cowboy Museum, right? So, what about the wildlife in Fort Worth? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, honestly, the guy that lives down the street to this day from is my it, parents is, is this going to be another topic killing story? No, no. It just just a point of reference. Um, the the guy that I remember when I was a kid still lives down the street from my parents. Uh, was the president of the American Paint Horse Association. Mm. And had paint horses and all that stuff. Uh, doesn't have any anymore. But, yeah, I mean, it, literally down the street from my parents' house, the president what, of paint the... paint horse? That's a kind of horse. Is it? Yeah. It's real much bit Yeah, real horse. Okay. Much bigger than the British, you know, little short horses that y'all rode with he, your little goofy helmets on. You're thinking of a very specific target audience with no, that description. No, because the, that's where all that dog agility stuff came from. Because we figured, oh, the British people are over there with their little short horses jumping that, over that. Trying to we'll, we'll just do it with dogs over here in America where everything's mm-hmm. right. Which goes back to the history of Fort Worth. Yeah, and it's wildlife. Yes. And it's wildlife. Uh, yeah, Fort Worth... 
thankfully doesn't have as many poisonous snakes as we're stereotyped with because a lot of people think Texas and they kind of think oh crap you know there's dozens and, and dozens of like poisonous states which oh, probably got, are collectively but in terms of species and we've only got like three yeah we got the rattlesnake we got the cotton mouth and the copperhead yeah that's it right except for grand prairie had that cobra that got out because somebody decided they were going to have a cobra in their house and then let that go. Yeah. So that's on them, but that's in the Dallas side. <laughs> that's and that's once again why Fort Worth is so much better than Dallas because Fort Worth has never had a cobra just running around killing people. Right. How many people did this one kill? I don't know. Oh, we just talked about Hundreds. potential. Yeah, thousands. Yeah. Well, yes. And, think, and lots of short British horses that were imported over here. Well, one of the worst things you can do is let out any type of exotic species in this area of Texas because it will flourish um, and likely find something else to mate with if possible. So like with snakes, the worst thing about like if cobras, if a pregnant cobra got out within about 10 years, this place would be full of cobras because... Yeah, but I honestly think that could go with humans too. Because apparently, no, apparently the humans are coming here and it, we're just letting them multiply and try to take over. Right, yeah. Yes. It's, Which goes back to the history of Fort Worth. Yeah. Support the fort. Support the fort. Support the fort. Right. the fort. Yeah, remember the Alamo. Yeah. Uh, kill the cobras. Cobra Kai. <laughs> do or die. Gung ho. So, um... Architecturally, Fort Worth is very different to Dallas, and we've actually maintained a lot of our feel and identity in the way Fort Worth still looks, whereas a lot of stuff in Dallas is obviously modernised, and Dallas has gone more of the um, cosmopolitan-type look of, you know, bigger and better and brighter, more flashing lights on it, and that's how it's kind of choosing to identify itself that's still being part of Texas but, you know, going, you know, into the 21st century, being a trailblazer and just as important as New York or L.A. and all this stuff. Um, do you see it as inevitable that different parts of Fort Worth will eventually kind of lose its feel, its culture and its character just because of modernization, squeezing it from all angles? I do. I think so. I, I think that's just inevitable at a certain point. If um, yeah, if we continue to see the influx of of immigration from different states, right? Um, I think that it will. I don't think it'll be the entire city. I think there's just too. I really think the culture is just strong enough within the city that there are going to be certain things that just don't change. Uh, but there's, I mean, there's ma massive building projects that are going on, like the Trinity River project that finally. Oh, um, oh, be careful. Yeah. Oh, hey, be uh, careful with the Trinity River project. It's, mm. it's finally looking like they're going to be making a lot more headway, oh. right? That third bridge is actually oh. that Henderson I, I can, Street. I can hear Layla and Mary Kelleher mm. just cussing you up one side and down the other. Mm. I'm not sure what I'm walking in. I feel yeah. like uh, I'm walking mm. in to something that I'm not 100% yeah. sure about here. Water is a touchy subject around these parts. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, the Trinity River Project is a uh, very controversial yeah, topic. It's a money pit. Yes. It is a money yeah. pit. There's been a lot of money spent on something mm. that hasn't happened and probably never will. Yeah. 
I I mean I what I would say is I think under for whatever reason I won't speculate but whatever reason the previous uh, I think it's the TRWD the Trinity yes. River Water District mm-hmm. and uh, they just had a change of leadership and yep. the leadership has been in uh, a scandal because they decided to try to add on if I'm remembering correctly um, uh, overtime like paid leave hours that were adding up to $300,000 as a bonus on their way out. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. guess they didn't think anybody was going to notice or from, from what I've read from the guy, he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's the way that yeah, it's been done we, here. We had Mary Kelleher on the podcast. And, oh, wow. Okay. And she is, you know, one of the members of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was before and has now you know, been reelected Thanks to us because she appeared. Yes, on absolutely. Got the she, bump. Yeah, she got the wolf and the shepherd bump. Got the bump. And, there and, you go. Absolutely. Everybody who comes on wins. Yeah, that is true. So, far. so I just need to. Almost. I need to run, <laughs> run for something. Yeah. I got to figure well, out the next they, office. Well, that, that's <laughs> almost true. If you're not fringe. You're yeah. gonna win. Yeah, uh, we've had some fringe people. We have. Uh, let's be honest. Yeah. You know, in the infancy. But yeah. uh, when we brought Mary Kelleher on, we knew she was gonna win. Yeah. And she got she got she the bomb. She knew that as well. She, she knew had it. that feeling once she was in here. Yeah. This is a home run. We tried to get Mary to take a shot of tequila, and she just wouldn't do she it. She wouldn't do it. Yeah. She wouldn't do it. Well, yeah. I, she she wanted to remain sober. Yeah, so just don't badmouth the waterboard, because we know people at the top level, and they will wipe you out like that. <laughs> yes, they will. <laughs> yeah. They're like the mafia. Yeah. They are the Fort you'll, Worth you'll mafia. You'll be like, where's the tsunami coming from? They'll redirect, redirect the wa- Trinity right toward us. washing me away. <laughs> That's like, right. They, they, they will put those uh, yeah. nuclear, terrible fish, like yeah. right in your... A grocery mm. store counter and yeah. you're going to eat fish and get cancer. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I hope not. Uh, yeah. Ma- Maddie Parker was on support the fort. Uh, uh-huh. the first episode. Oh, of look support at you go. Fort. Look at you go. She was on and she won. Now I'm not saying anything. I'm not oh. drawing any conclusions. No, I think you need to. I'm I mean, allowing you... the listener to draw their own conclusions. Mm, no, but what I'm saying she got is the bomb. Yeah. She got the bump. There's nothing wrong with that. Here, I'll, I'll share this with you guys, too, that this is not public knowledge. But when I emailed her... Cam- it's about to be. It's about to be. Mm. When I emailed her campaign staff, I didn't even have a podcast. I told, I said in the, in the email, hey, I have a podcast that is covering the culture and celebrating history of Fort Worth. And I, I invited Deborah Peoples, the other candidate, and Maddie Parker both on. They responded within like 12 hours. And so I was like, oh, something. I was like, I got to figure out, we got to figure out how to get this podcast up. So I went from not having a podcast to having a podcast in about 24 hours. With- well, as long as you identified as having a podcast, that's right. exactly the same that's, thing that's, nowadays. But that's the how one, we do it these days. Yeah, but the one thing he's got going for him, he's actually checking his email. Right. Yeah. You know, it, Although, we'll send an email yeah. and then we'll forget to check the email yeah. for like five days. But funnily enough, um, Politicians and local government people are the quickest to respond when you want to get them to come on the show. I mean, like, to, to use what? a a Fort Worth ism, I'm going to go see a man about a horse. All right, I've I've heard that. One. Yeah. Uh, For those of you out of state listening, the shepherd is about to take a piss. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, I so, I'll say this. They responded within 12 hours. Deborah yeah. People's office never responded. Yeah. Now, I, I'm not sure 
I don't know. I didn't use the word intersectionality at all in my email. I didn't use gender dysphoria. I didn't say Latinx. I didn't say yeah. any of those things. Yeah. Maybe if I would have thrown some of those buzzwords in, I would have got a response. I'm not right. 100% sure. Uh, I Yeah, I don't know. I just... Yeah. I, with with a son who is Latino and with and marrying a woman from Northside Fort Worth, mm-hmm. um, don't ever call my family Latinx, okay? Right. I, and I'm not saying that, <laughs> not directing that at you, Tristan. That would never. I know that would never come from you. But uh, go do the stats. Did you know? I don't know if you saw this one. Uh, Gallup did a poll on the term Latinx amongst uh, amongst Latinos. No, I don't Latinos. know what that actually is. Explain what it is. So the Latinx is if you see this. Um, written out, it's L. It's like Latino or Latina, right. but they put the X so that it's not uh, because typically you would say they're Latino, right? Okay. Well, they say that well, that's centering uh, masculinity and that's centering being male, and so that term is sexist. I'm this is I'm not making oh, this wow. up, and so because of that, the the people and I, I can say this because of the statistics, but people on the very far left are using the term Latinx, and you've heard it. Uh, Deborah Peoples used it in wow. her campaign. Um, uh, AOC has used it. Um, uh, Ilhan Omar has used it. Uh, President Biden and both uh, and Vice President Kamala Harris have both used the term Latinx. And yet, when Gallup did a poll amongst Latino people, I say Latino people because you're, you're about to hear why, and they said, "Have you heard of the term?" Over 80% had not even heard of the term. And then when they said, would you like that term to be used for you instead of Latino, 96% of Latino people said, no, don't use that term. And yet, I'm, I'm not so I'm not sure why when you have 96% of a population saying, please don't call us that, there seems to be one side that continues to say, no, we know better than you, and this is what we're going to yeah. call you. So yeah. I didn't mean to make it political, but... Uh, no, I mean, that, we, that is true. I mean, most of the council culture has developed around this singularity idea that, you know, a certain group of people who consider themselves educated and forward-thinking and progressive decide that something is offensive, then it's automatically to be believed that is offensive, even if you're part of the group where the offense is supposedly committed against but have no feelings about it or you don't find it offensive. It's, uh, it was funny watching, you know, footage of some of the riots last year and, um, you know, having some white Karen shout in the face of a black cop that he's racist. Yeah. You know, that it's the audacity of basically scratching irony or hypocrisy off of the list in the way they come up with this cancel culture is just just amazing and you know we don't obviously here in texas really give too much thought or concern with the political correctness some stuff you know we're kind of forced into we're not asked personally but you know what i mean and so you know we're not going to stop making jokes about anything we find funny or use certain phrases i mean we've stated enough times that you know we absolutely love people who we consider nice people it doesn't matter what color you are what religion you follow what country you were born in if you're cool you're cool with us you can be as white middle class and as christian as they come and be a complete arsehole except the french well yeah we've got a thing or the canadians french canadians french canadians and if they own cats they're dead to us exactly hopefully painfully and slowly Yes. Yes. But well, they're they're the exception yeah. that proves the rule. Yeah, though, they are. Right? They are. 
you know. But uh, but that's the thing. I mean, so yeah, we will make jokes because we if we stereotype, it's not as a deflammation of a character. We stereotype in the same way as I can stereotype about English people, French people, German people, Australian people, Brazilians, Canadians, or whatever. And it's just yeah, and a lot of the time. These things which are supposed to be offensive is actually part of the culture and identity of those people who are supposed to be offended. All right. You know, and they're making yeah. that choice to identify and adopt that culture. And it's like, well, if it's that offensive, why would it be so ingrained in their culture and this is what they're proud of? And so now I tend to not listen. I mean, we make fun of it. I mean, we did something the other day when they came out and told us that math was racist or uh, oh, two plus two equals five. expecting the correct answer is racist. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, yo, you guys already, yeah. yeah. Well, he's yeah. got somebody who actually believes in that theory as his accountant, I mean. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, he did my taxes. Yeah. I'm still waiting on my tax refund. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> well, I, I looked it up. I went down that rabbit hole. I think his, his name is Kareem Carr, who is the, the mathematician, at least on Twitter, that made that two plus two equals five line of thinking popular. And I just... I feel like I had to take a shower afterward. I was like, how, how is this? How is it? I, I understand it in the social sciences. I can understand that those kind of things coming in there because social sciences can be manipulated and they're based on, you know, as somebody, my degree is in criminal justice. It's a social science. It's not a hard science, right? Right. But when it starts getting into the hard sciences of, of genetics and math, I, I don't, mm. I guess I just don't understand how it could even how those things could be manipulated when they're so easily quantifiable. Yeah, and it was also passed last week in some school districts that uh, being able to read and write was not going to be a necessity to be able to graduate high school. Well, I think they took that from the British, right? No. Okay. See, that's Maybe why, the French? That's why the, that's why the British equivalent of high school ends when you're 16, because we get through everything, whereas you have two, two years of farting around and trying to find your identity. No, because we're too trying busy. Trying to find people who love you. No, we're too busy watching videos, because mm. that's what teachers do. They're like, oh, today's a video day. We're going to mm. watch uh, Finding Nemo yeah. today, you know, because that's yeah. my lesson plan. Mm. So... Yeah. All part of the history of Fort Worth. Worth. Yes. Yeah. That's that's it right there. So we're pretty anti-progressivism as such as it relates to common sense. Obviously there are certain things which you know haven't helped in remaining habitual, I guess, but to completely destroy the history and culture of somewhere because some people made mistakes. You know, we're never going to learn from that, and we are going to be doomed to repeat things we're unaware of if we never get the chance to learn from it. So, yeah, progressives who want to change Fort Worth can kind of yeah we, go piss I think, off. I think we've most seen that in the uh, the defund the police or the ACAB all cops are bad mm. movement, and now we're actually seeing the fruit of it in these different cities. Like if you're seeing Portland right now, they've had just not an uptick in murder. But, I mean, it's just gone up a mountain. And they're going, oh, actually, I think we do need, I think we do need police officers here. Well, it's the same here. in Minnesota and New York. I mean, it's... I, I have yeah. family. So I was born in St. Paul. And my, um, I have an uncle that lives there and is an electrician, works there, works all over um, MSP. And he's just like, yeah, we just know, like, 
there are certain parts of the city we don't want to go anymore. And he's like, man, that it hurts him. It hurts him that there's part of the city that is just off limits because, first of all, the, the uh, law enforcement won't respond because that's what the community wants. But, you know, there's obviously he has to do a job. If a job takes him to that part of the city, he says, well, you just kind of have to buck up and, you know, you do your job, but it's it's something else. And so I think when you look at the fruit of what's coming of these different things, and I I try to I try certain people have, have accused me of uh, being a pole sitter or sit, sitting on the pole, which is the, the worst part of anything, because it's well, you're not you're not right. You're not conservative or liberal. I just I see the benefits to both of the classic schools of liberalism and conservatism, right? I think mm-hmm. like most people with a brain can realize like, oh, if a culture, so let's just talk about Fort Worth. The culture, if we're looking at like maintaining the culture and the traditionalism, that's conservatism. We're keeping the values that have continued to make us great. And liberalism says, well, eventually things break down and eventually things decay and there does need to be new life and new ideas that are in, that are brought into it. And I think when when a political system is working correctly, both of those things work together. We find the balance between conserving and also bringing in new ideas to add new flesh, uh, fresh blood. I think when we go to either side and we get, and it seems like, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like at least culturally we tend to be going, the, the Overton window has moved so far to the left that the ideas that we are per, that we are putting forward tend to be far left and tend to be uh, progressing past conserving the benefits of the culture that has kept us here. So I know that's a lot of word salad, but I no, I, and and I think correct me if I'm wrong, but I think your point is you know you're worried about being in the center, and to my belief, my estimation, the vast majority of people are really in the center. They get a hold of a couple of things that they say, you know, I'm going to die on this hill. Right. I'm going to die on the hill of gun rights. I'm going to die on the hill of abortion rights. I'm going to die on the hill of name whatever. And so they say, this is the one thing that's most important to me. So I'm going to have to buy into the ideologies of all of the rest of this because abortion or gun control is what I'm most passionate about. So I'll go ahead and buy into everything else so long as you are there to represent me on this one thing that is really important to me. But if you have the ability to just sit there and say, look, you know, I I want everybody to have a gun, but I also want everybody to be able to do this, 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 and this you don't have that little niche on the far left or the far right. Now, the far left and the far right have the loudest voices. So it's always that that is pushed out into media or whatever, which most people want to listen to and they say, well, yeah, that they support that one thing that I'm adamant about and those things that they don't have a very strong opinion about, their opinion changes and says, well, they do support this, so I guess I'm supposed to also support that. Where a rational individual can turn around and say, well, I can support your right for this and your right for that. But 
this is more important to me, so I'm going to have to go ahead and say this isn't important to yeah. me at all. Yeah, I mean, That's about, what we're seeing. About 20 years ago, I would have considered myself as a pretty diehard Republican, and probably 10 years ago, uh, you know, pretty strong Republican, but now I'm at that point where I'm fiscally conservative. Uh, a lot of stuff I'm middle of the road on because, you know, neither party has a great history in, you know, addressing a lot of the things they're going to address or a great history in not repeating exactly the same sins of the past they said they wouldn't repeat. And the other thing is, you know, there are some things which, you know, I don't always like admitting that, you know, on the left, which I think are more of a reasonable approach, especially when it comes to, you know, social issues than the right proposed, because I think the right, where it loses, especially a lot of young voters, is its inflexibility. And, you know, certainly the key issues which you mentioned, which define your identity to a particular party, you know, if you don't support those things strongly, it's almost seen as heresy within the party. But on the other side of it, now the kind of liberal hijacking of you know, the Democratic Party and on the left has come back with an even more stringent view of you must believe this, you must believe this, you must reject this, you must reject this, otherwise we cancel you. So now it's come full swing and that we've now actually found a political opponent which is even less flexible in their belief system than we are. So that Hmm. how the high school kids coming through now and the college kids now vote in these next couple of voting windows is going to be interesting because there was both some, both parties had a little bit of room for manoeuvre in history, but now what's been pushed and most popular for kids, that it has to be so strict. There's no none of this traditional rebelliousness or stuff, which was used to be the identification of why people used to vote Democrat because they had this rebelliousness streak in them. They wanted sure. to dye their hair a certain colour, you know, pierce their face and do all this stuff. But now they're going into something which has such a strict set of rules. They step out of line. They're going to get disowned on their god of social media. And it's going to be interesting how this next, you know, generation comes through and how they vote. But I think uh, along the same lines is the way the political makeup is in the United States, that there is no room for that third party. Right. You know, the, the libertarians have kind of that answer of, like you say, the fiscally conservative and socially liberal, but they constantly screw up themselves and embarrass themselves because the the right and the Republicans and the left and the Democrats, they have a better PR system. And so then you have that libertarian, which is that truly middle ground, which most people actually subscribe to. They see some of the craziness going on and they're like, well, I can't get behind that. I mean, this guy doesn't have a chance to win or this woman doesn't have a chance to win or something like that. And so you always want to be behind the side of the winner. Right. Right. So if you're going to vote for somebody, you're like, well, you know, you've got the Republican, you've got the Democrat. They're they're the top two. Right. And now you have this third person, which maybe would get one percent of the vote. And you don't want to be embarrassed to say, well, I voted for this person, basically Mm. knowing they're going to lose. 
and they have no chance. Yeah. And that PR spin goes behind all that. Mm-hmm. But most Americans truly fall in that middle because they they have those strong beliefs on one side or the other, where it's yeah. pro-life, pro-choice, whether it's uh, pro-gun, anti-gun. They have that stance, but they don't solidify everything there, and it's so important to them on that one stance that they turn around and they just buy into all the other ideologies versus, hey, I I feel this way about this, but I feel this way about that. Why can't I have it the best of both yeah. worlds, which is actually the way the country was founded. If you look at George Washington's farewell address, he said the worst thing that can happen to this country is the creation of political parties. Mm-hmm. He's the only president to not belong to a political party. Right after he left office, immediately political parties started. And on that note, I'm going to go and milk the lizard. And, and by the way, on that note, that has everything to do with the history, with of, the history Fort of Fort Worth, Texas. Worth. And it's milking of lizards. <laughs> oh, man. <coughs> All right, so hit me with another one, my friend. With another one. Well, let me... Uh, what I try to do in closing out usually is try to ask maybe some more fun questions. Just try to get uh, more, yeah, get more on on the culture. Get to hear more of what you like to do, and uh, yeah, and maybe some people will like what you have to say on that. So, like for example, uh, one of the questions I like to ask is: so if you're doing something, somebody came in town, uh, you got friends that are coming in from I don't know from Chicago, from wherever, and uh, they're wanting to go have dinner with you and maybe do something else. What's something that you would want to do besides just go have dinner, go have a drink, go do something like that? What's sure. something like more fun? Yeah, so a lot of that's going to depend on the individual. You know, you've got people that are going to want to go see the live music scene. You're going to want to have people that want to do the fine dining scene. Uh, then you're going to want or you're going to have people that want that Texas experience. The closest that I think you could give somebody the Texas experience is the Fort Worth Stockyards. Yeah. You know, you can you can go down there and yeah, as a tourist, you can buy a cheap cowboy hat, you know, a cheap straw cowboy hat and walk around with, you know, your normal non-Texas clothes on. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm a cowboy. Look at me, you know. Yeah. And and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, and no one, by the way, in Fort Worth is going to make fun of you for doing it. We're going to be like, hey, you know, great. You bought a cowboy hat. You know, good for you. Right. Uh, yeah, maybe they get them... Uh, uh, either a cheap pair or actually a really nice pair of cowboy boots because you can do that in the stockyards. You know, you can get you a cheap, you know, fifty, sixty, seventy dollar pair of cowboy boots, or you can get you a five, six, seven hundred dollar pair of good cowboy boots. I mean, that happens in the stockyards, but you can get that Texas feel down in the stockyards. You can also get the fine dining, you can get the cheap dining. You can go to Billy Bob's and and do all that. You can see some live music. You can have some pretty good barbecue down there. So if you want that touristy trap deal, yeah, I would say take them to the Fort Worth Stockyards. If, if you want something a little outside of that, I'd probably take them to Aurora. 
you know, our beer sponsor, Alien Ale. Uh, they have a bar up there, Martian Margaritas. Years ago, there was a, a rumor. There's a uh, historical marker up there that talks about the UFO crash in Aurora, Texas in the late 1800s, and there's Area 114. We, you could take them up there, have some really good barbecue from Smoking Windmill Barbecue, and have some alien ale and drive through Martian Margaritas, listen to live music. You could take them to do that. At the same time, you could go into downtown Fort Worth and take them to you know, Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse and uh, several other fantastic restaurants down there and Sundance Square and all that. There, there's something for everybody in yeah. Fort Worth, so it kind of depends on that person. I, I could also say, you know, there's a lot of people that would like to go to, uh, oh, what's the Mexican restaurant down there? Uh, Joe T's. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, you could take him to Joe T. Garcia's. I mean, uh, it's good food. I never go there unless somebody from out of town comes into town. I'm like, okay, let's take them to Joe T's. It's almost, it, it's not a tourist trap, but it's almost like you, you never really go to Joe T's unless. Right, somebody you, from out of town. You, you yeah. got somebody from out of town. <laughs> it's it's almost like the people from Joe T's expect that. It's like, okay, well, we can pick out who the people are that actually live here and who the people are that don't live here. And, and it's a great experience. I mean, there, there's so many things that you can do um, with Fort Worth. But that, that's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, barbecue, too. I, I've really liked Heim Barbecue. So I somebody had recommended them probably, uh, I don't know, maybe about a year or so ago. We just moved back. So we had lived in Dallas for a little over two years and then moved back to Fort Worth. And... So I was like, okay, where where can I get barbecue here? And they're like, oh, yeah, didn't you ever go to Heim? Heim is also, so they have three locations. They have one on White Settlement, like right by the river. They have one uh, in that Magnolia area, like on Magnolia Ave. Um, and then they have one right by Dallas Love Field. So it's really big. If you know where Dallas Love Field is, there's a QT. Mm-hmm. And then kind of, I mean, literally one block over from the QT is, is Heim Barbecue. And uh it's worth the wait. There's always a line there. I think when my wife and I went the first time, it was a Tuesday, and I think we went at 4 p.m. She got done with work early that day, and so we went over there, and there were about eight people in line. She was like, oh, we kind of have to wait. It's like, babe, normally this line is out the door. It's one of those kind of places where it's out the door, wrapped around the building, but it's worth it. So I, I would definitely highly recommend that. If if you're looking for a new place, or if, have either of you guys been there, Mm-mm. checked it no, out? I, I've been to Slowbone over in Dallas, yeah, and uh-huh. it's kind of the same thing. I mean, it, they put four or five meats up on the board, and yeah. when they're out, they're out. It, you yep. know, it, if you get there too late, then sorry, you get no brisket, you get no turkey, whatever. Kind of the same thing. Yeah, I I actually so that's it's often manufacturing over mm-hmm. there. Um, I when we were in Dallas, we went to church over there. There's a church it's called Upper Room. It's like literally two blocks away from Slowbone. Anyway, we had a friend, believe it or not, come in come in town from uh, I can't remember where he was from, but came in town, uh, wanted to visit us. I was like, yeah, well, we're going to church. I don't know why he was there on Sunday morning. He was like, hey, we want to go to go to church with you guys, and then grab lunch afterward. So he asks us while we're sitting there in the church lobby. He said, have you ever tried Slowbone? And I was like, 
I kind of looked at him. I was like, excuse me? I guess I, I'm not thinking about the barbecue. Like, we're not thinking about where, where to eat at all. But yeah. he said, have you ever, And I'm like, uh... What are what did you say? What are you saying? And, that sounds uh, more like an Austin thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go and so, get you some slow boning. Yeah. Well, he yeah. was but there it's, with. It's very good barbecue. <laughs> it was him, his wife, and his two uh, teenage daughters. So I mean, you had to. I'm thinking. I'm not sure what he's saying, but I don't even know where he's going with it. And finally, he said, "Oh no, slow bone barbecue." I was like, ah. So I will always, I will always associate slow bone barbecue with that conversation where I felt. Very out of place where a guy's asking me if I had ever. <laughs> yeah. Tried yeah. But it, but it's fantastic barbecue and used to across the street, they closed down, but there was some kind of other restaurant across from there. And I think the slow bone people might've owned it and shut it down or whatever. But, uh, the one thing and God, this sounds like a commercial for slow bone, but, uh, good for them. They won best fried chicken in Dallas. What? Yes. Wow. In a barbecue restaurant. Yeah. And so their fried chicken is amazing. Well, if you're listening to this, check it out. There yeah. you go. You got you got a couple of different places from yeah. if you want to go fancy, if you want to go, if you're over in Dallas, if you have to sit in traffic over there, go. And if yeah. the owners of that other restaurant whose name the shepherd can't remember are listening, if you want to get in touch with us and sponsor us, we'll yeah. make sure people actually know your name. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's, let's absolutely get <laughs> a sponsor. Nobody knows who you are at the moment. Yeah. So well, let's get a sponsor from. Lose, let's be honest. Yeah. But. Like, from the restaurant $200. that's literally out of business. Yeah. <laughs> Let's one. get them as a sponsor. Yeah. I mean, I think Jerry hey. Maguire already tried that <laughs> for us. So, yeah, it's not has a similar plan to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I love it. That's great. Well, great I tell you what. So, it let everybody know how they can get a hold of you. Uh, once again, hey, great to have you in the studio here and hang out with us. But tell everybody how they can get a hold of you, your podcast, your all that good information. Yeah. Well, good thing is my name is really easy to spell. So whenever I tell people, hey, just go to my Instagram or my Twitter, it's it's so simple. Uh, you definitely won't make any typos. It actually repeats itself. It's R A B I H. And then it goes A B I A B I. So you'll you'll get messed up in there. Um, we can put it in the show notes here. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have to do that because you had to write it down for me just to say your name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, in case you know how to spell this offhand, it's it's at Rabia Abihana altogether on Instagram and Twitter. And um, that has nothing to do with the Japanese hibachi restaurant. No, right? it's absolutely not Benihana. Nothing. Okay. No, somebody. Do used- you have a kid? I do. Did you name him Benny? We did not. You should have. Because, <laughs> I mean, you could have you named him Benny Abihana, it, you know, and then maybe you could have collected some money from them. We only have one, so, I mean, we have some more opportunities. Okay. So, well, yeah, and we want you. to have more kids. So All right. Well, name go. him Benny. There I'll, you go. Not to interrupt I'll, you, but. No, uh, I'll I, consider I, it. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring my wife next time and you can see if she's she's more of a firecracker than me. So. Yeah, if, if she's anything yeah. like my wife, she will say, <laughs> I don't know who this guy is, but he can go to hell. Yeah, and also we'd just like to point out that the shepherd's inability to be able to, to pronounce Rabir Abihana has nothing to do with his lack of enthusiasm about Arabic names and culture, but more to do with the fact that he sucks mermaid tits when it comes to pronunciation. I... I pronounced it correctly. Hey, Rahib. So it's there's a B. A lot of people do this. It's R A B. 
So it's rub. If you write in cursive, you just write rabbit each time, and it kind rabbit? of looks like yeah. a beer. Ma- yeah. Maybe we just call him rabbit. Rabbit. Oh, the rabbit yeah, podcast. Yeah, because we write that in cursive. It just looks a bit like rabbit. So oh, just, I know. I'm terrible with rabbit. names. Uh, I'm, terrible. I, I'm terrible with names. Rabbit Abiyani sounds like a... Yeah. No, my, half like the time, Egypt. I can't even remember his name. He sounds name. like an Egyptian magician. <laughs> well, Rabbit Abiyana. My mom used to, when we were on, uh, when we were playing soccer, and you'd be yelling you'd be yelling at me something on the field, and you would say, Rabir! She would always say, it sounds like he's saying Rabir! And, and I'm just like, Bam. I'm like, Mom, he's not saying Rabir. It's Rabia. He's just, it's just his accent. <laughs> I promise you, he's not I, saying that. I literally hear the same word right there. There you go. See, so, uh, so it's it's all no. Trust me, it's all good. Look, I've been called rabbi. Like people, I've literally had people on the phone, or, or they're like, "Oh, sir, are you rabbi?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure. yep, yeah." That's might it. as well go with. And it. And you know, it's this is the thing about having a hard to pronounce name. If I'm never gonna see the person again, I just say yes and keep it moving. Like yeah. I. I am so far past like trying to correct the person and trying to get the right pronunciation. It's only hey, if I'm gonna if I think I'm gonna see you again, I'll I'll tell yeah. you. So that's a pro tip. If you ever meet me and I don't correct you on my name, I don't think that we're ever gonna meet again. <laughs> Which is what you've done with me. <laughs> no, so, it's yeah. not true. So I guess we're <laughs> yeah. we're never gonna meet again. It's, so Rub Rabir. Rabia. Yeah. His brother's got a really Ru- complicated name. Ru- Thomas. Rabia. Yep. Rabia. Yeah. I, I tell people my, my I'm going to forget this in like yeah. 30 seconds. Yeah, like I said, his brother's name's Thomas. So they kind of tried it out with him and thought, yeah, nah, yeah your let's, parents let's go good, with Thomas. Good, on that. good Brit name there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, my... It's like, he. It, it, let's name him after the train. Yeah. I, I tell people what I like about my name is it's like a SAT question where you're looking at my family's name, my mom, my dad, myself, and my brother. And the question is, which of these does not fit with the others? Because my dad, being Lebanese, uh, Lebanon was a French mandate for, I think, 50 or 60 years. And so my dad's name is Alfred. My mom's name is Laura, being just an American that was born in Minnesota. I'm Rabia. And then we have Thomas, who's named after my mom's father. Yeah, that's yeah. a Sesame Street episode. <laughs> yeah, I, ca- yeah. I can see all four. Which yeah. one of these is <laughs> not like, like the, the others? others. Yeah. That's and, it. And, and, <laughs> Rajiba over there, you know, it's like, you know, it's me, you know, uh, Raleigh Hama is saying, I, it, why can't anybody yeah. pronounce my name? It's, right. it's Rajili. It's look, I, I tell people this, I say, Hey, it's hard to get. Once you get it, you won't yeah. forget it. It's one of those things. It's like riding a bike. So it's a little bit difficult at the beginning. Not but, for him, it might be. It'd be like yeah. falling off a bike. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Drunk. Uh, so, so you can so, find me there. So Rajesh, go ahead and tell us exactly <laughs> yeah, how to yeah. find you. Uh, yeah, you can find me. So they're on social media, at Twitter, Instagram, at Ruby Abihana. Uh, if you're looking for the podcast and stuff, I wish that I did more. I'm, I'm kind of like you guys. I wish I did more with social media. I have a social media for them, but there's no posts. So I would say probably don't check me out there. Um, you can look up, you can search these uh, on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening to your podcast. Um, support the fort. Um, you may have to put my name in there, but you, typically that's popping up, so I'm excited about that. If you just type that in, it'll pop up on on your feeds. And then uh, the 100,000 is the numbers, 100, and then it's 1,000 spelled out in letters. So yeah, we'll have, we'll have the links across our social media and website as well. Exactly. So, yeah, because yeah. nobody's going to be able to search that by his name. Yeah, nope. exactly. I've already yeah. even forgot what his name is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
right. Well, with all that said, hey, thanks for coming in and hanging out with us. Hope you enjoyed it. And thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. And we will catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd podcast. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, thewolfandtheshepherd.com, to your friends and colleagues. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes when you get a chance. Check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for additional content. Join us next time for another episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Ooh.